Good evening, everyone. Hi. How are you? Not sure, not sure. Uh, if you're new, uh, as Holly said, I'm Andrew. I lead the team here at Trinity. It's really great to welcome you. Um, part, uh, if you haven't been to one of our celebrations before, one of the things we do at the end of our, our time together is we pray and we ask God to, uh, to come and to, to touch us and to connect with us inside because we believe that God is alive and well and, and in the building. And we pray for people for healing in mind and body and spirit. And, and sometimes it feels a bit of a challenge, but I love the fact that we put two guys on crutches in the front row. So I've paid them a lot of money, and at the appropriate time, guys, you ready for it? Just any time, throw those crutches off. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, um, okay. Uh, now, listen, this is one of these things that's going to bomb in a really horrible way if you don't just be a little bit sort of kind of brave about it. Maybe one or two people up in the, up in the, uh, the gods, I was going to say, up in the, the balcony particularly. But wherever you are, I'd love you to just turn to someone and just say, for you... If you had to sum up, you had to say one thing, what is the most important quality in a friend? What's the most important quality in a friend? So please don't sit there sort of kind of on your own, lean over and sort of wave at someone and say something. Uh, solitude and silence is not an option. What's the most important quality in a friend? Okay, so uh, in, a, in a kind of COVID-safe way, uh, shout some things out. Shout out something. Come on. There's some youth over here and John McLean. Um, shout something out. Honesty, kindness, loyalty, sort of kind of um, crutch land. A friend in need, get it? A friend in need. That, that's, yeah. A friend. It, it's a, it's a joke, Nikki. So what they've done is both of, uh, yeah. Uh, kind of, um, yeah. The people who come in first into our celebrations and so sit as far away as, as they can from the front. You lot over there, just point the camera at them, put them in the spot. Someone from over there, equality. Empathy. Empathy. Oh, <laughs> clearly. You're, actually, I, I, I said hello to you when you came in. You're, you're not a regular at Trinity, are you? No. Uh, we'll explain empathy to everyone else afterwards. So, yeah, that's good. Um, uh, up in the balcony, up there where I can't see. Sorry? Trust. For a moment, I thought you said drugs. I've got really, I've, I've got really bad ears at the moment. And I was just trying to think, how do I segue into, yes, you're right. Yeah, no. Good. Thank you. Sorry, trust. Um, over here, over on the left... Someone up there? Support. Support, thank you. And over here in the right? Love. 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 <laughs> it's not <that> very loving. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, really good, really good things. So um, we, we're remembering, aren't we? We're remembering back in our ancient history. We're remembering BC, before COVID. Can't make that joke any more times now. There we are. We're remembering before COVID. I think we we um, 
well, maybe you're different, but if you're like me, you're thinking, how do I remember some of those things that I took, took for granted before? How do I do some of the kind of normal things, um, you know, maybe took for granted? And I'm, I'm thinking about them now. And we're, we're thinking about that as a, as a church. It's a kind of a new season, isn't it? The, there's pretty crocuses um, uh, come out really early in Cheltenham because of global warming, sadly. Um, the car's going past. A uh, few people have been to a mountain, haven't you? Yeah, there's a moral there. Don't go skiing. Um, new season... <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes, can I just say, being poor is really a blessing in life. Uh, new season, new priorities. And, and for us in, in, in Trinity Speak, we, we just think this thing we call a rule of life, or we didn't make it up, it's been around for 2,000 years, as long as there have been people following Jesus. We, we just, this is something that kind of is a bit of our identity as a church growing in. And we're just thinking, when we say rule of life, the habits, the, the framework, the things that we do, that, that keep God at the centre of everything. That's just a little thing on these little cards, if you want, if there are some that you could take away. And we just are asking ourselves, what are the habits that I have that keep God at the centre of everything? Um, sometimes we, we just make the comment that we all have a framework of habits. We all have things that we do uh, regularly. And the question for those of us who want to be, you know, following Jesus is, um, is that framework of life, is it, is it keeping Jesus at the centre? So this January, we, this January in January, uh, we were thinking about that when Jesus responded to a someone who said, what's the most important commandment? He said, didn't he, if you were with us, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And we were thinking about that in this new season as we get into new things post-COVID. What does it mean to, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all the, all the emotional self, not, not kind of emotionalism, but everything that makes me, everything that makes you a person with all of your feelings and your emotions, but also your motivations as well. When the Bible talks about emotion, it's your, you know, the things that motivate you, your heart. And when we were thinking about mind, weren't we? we? Some of us, if you were here a few weeks ago, we were thinking, what does it mean to love the Lord our God with, with our thoughts and uh, how we have a healthy thought life? Soul, the Bible, uh, if you were here, talks about the soul as the thing that makes us a human being. So, you know, sadly, some of us in the room will have had the experience of seeing someone just at the moment that they die or just after the moment they die. And that, that stillness... That sudden stillness is the soul, the thing that makes a human being a human being, leaving the physical body. So we're asking, what does it mean to God, love God with all of that? And at the moment now, we're, we're thinking about loving our neighbour as ourselves, because Jesus said, you know, he said the first greatest one is to love the Lord your God, heart, soul, mind. The second is to love your neighbour as yourself, loving other people. And, and coming up the, the last two weeks in, in February, when I'm on holiday, don't have to be nice to you, um, you will be reflecting on Jesus' words, his last words on, on earth, what, what we call the Great Commission. When he said, go and make disciples, go and share the good news about me with, with the whole world. So thanks for your, thanks for your list of, of words. Last week, if you were here, um, Hills did a, a great talk on some of the sort of practicalities, some of the dynamics of healthy friendships. She identified four things if you were here and, and they're just going up on the screen now. Talk to a, a good friend is a giver, not a taker. A giver, 
not a taker. A good friend, she said, is solid, dependable, not fluid in an unhelpful way. A good friend is open, not closed. And then I like the way she put this. A a good friend is someone who's a gritter. They'll keep going, they'll persevere, not a quitter. Just, uh, I wonder as you have a look at those, why don't you just again turn to your neighbour. If you were here, you might remember something you said, but just we'll keep the list up on the, oh, thanks Helen. Just that, what do you think about those? That's her little summary. Givers, not takers. Solid, not fluid. Open, not closed. Gritters, not quitters. Just have a chat to your neighbour about those dynamics of friendship. What do you, what do you think of those? Would you add anything? Do you like those? Great, good. And then just if you're sitting here with a friend, if you're sitting here with a friend, just mark them out of mark them out of ten. Just quietly turn to them on those ones. Just be gentle and kind. It's a Christian place. You're a one. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it, all bets are off, you know, in here because you're in church. You can say whatever you want. So there you are, there's a bit of honesty and realism. Great, okay. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. I think, I think a lot of us, when we think about friendship, and we've got to be real about, we're in a world where friendship is quite, quite hard at the moment, I think. I'd, I'd be amazed if, I tell you what, yeah, if you're feeling really lonely, put your hand up. No, don't worry, that was a joke. (laughs) Anyone here got a problem with self-confidence? Put your hand up. Um, If I did ask you to do that, you're all shocked now, aren't you? All shocked, the, the guys. A lot of us would put our hands up. Quite a few of us would put our hands up. You, You might even be here, actually, precisely for the reason that you are hoping that what these people who say they follow Jesus, you know, how that works itself out in practice is is actually true. There's something here about who we are as people who say we love Jesus and follow Jesus that would make a difference to the way that we do friendship. Because I, I know, and I promise you, not doing this, of course, if I was to just ask people just to say, you know, Put your hand up if you've ever been hurt by a friend. Put your, put your hand up if you've been let down. Put your hand up if you feel let down now. Put, put your hand up if you, you know, I'm not going to do this, of course, but if I was to ask you to say, do you find friendship confusing? I, I love the fact there's a whole range of ways that people think. And, and some of us in the room will find conf- friendship really confusing and really difficult. 
And I, I guess most of us would think the problem is probably other people. We, we'd probably think the problem is they let me down or he did this or she did that or, you know, people, people are just not straight. You know, they just never say exactly what they're thinking. They don't mean what they, they say. Whereas the Bible tells us that actually the thing with friendship is it, it starts with us. It absolutely starts with us. Our ability to love others and, and to be friends with other people flows directly out of the quality of our relationship with God. And I'm going to say that whether you are a follower of Jesus or not, whether you would describe yourself in that, in that way at all. I believe that every single person here, we were made, every one of us has been made in the image of God. The fact that we don't acknowledge that maybe or the fact that we don't feel that, I don't think makes any difference whatsoever to the truth that your ability to be friends with other people and the way your friendships are working out actually starts with where you are with God. You see, God, we're told in the Bible, is a perfect communion, is the word that gets used, a perfect community, a perfect friendship of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, what we call the Trinity. And by the way, if it doesn't make your head hurt to try and think about how God can be Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all at the same time in one being you're not thinking about the Trinity. We wouldn't make this up. God has revealed himself to be Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is a perfect friendship. And, and in the beginning of our Bibles, when there's this amazing description in the book of Genesis, uh, whether you want to understand it in very literal ways or you want to understand it as a poetic description of why we're here and why all the things have happened. Uh, in, in, in the very beginning, as God is making human beings, he, he uses, it's plural, let us make people in our image. And Jesus, God in human form, said this, John 15, verse 15. He calls us friends. Jesus said, I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. God is about relationship. Sin, selfishness, I-ness. Rubbish separates. God unites. Sin separates. So our friendship begins with us. And we really need to think about this again because, as one newspaper article said, there's an epidemic of loneliness. We are the most socially conscious. We're, we're, we're never in an age have we been so aware of other people through social media, obviously, particularly. But we are the least socially attached. 
We're the most socially conscious, aware. You can have hundreds, thousands of friends or followers or whatever on social media, but have you actually got any real friends? A massively high percentage of people say they've at best got one. And loads say they've got none. The first step in this thing of loving other people is to recognise who we are. Do you notice that Jesus said, love other people how you love yourself? If, if you don't love yourself in a right way, you can love yourself, of course you can, in a wrong way. I'm guessing I don't need to go into that too much. But if you love yourself in a, in a, in a kind of wrong way, that's what other people are going to get. Do you love yourself in the right kind of way that then overflows to other people? Do you know that you're wonderfully and fearfully made? It's a a very often quoted Bible verse, this from Psalm 139. Wonderfully and fearfully made. Do you know that? Or are you more bothered about what other people think about you? In fact, in a sense, are you more bothered about what you think about yourself? You look in the mirror and you don't like yourself. You look in the mirror and you think, I'm rubbish. You look in the mirror and think, well, the reason I struggle with friends is because, well, who wouldn't struggle with me as a friend? Do you believe that lie or do you believe the truth that the God who made you, God who took, as we said a few weeks ago, took earth and breathed into it? Is the picture in Genesis says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And that second verse that was up there, do you believe that God so loved you that he came down in Jesus Christ, lived on earth and died on the cross for you? That's how amazing you are. Do you love yourself in that way? Do you think about yourself in that way? Do you recognise and respect yourself in that kind of way? Why do old farts like me go on about stuff like what happens when people are in relationships and sex and stuff like that? Because we don't want you to let yourself down. Sell yourself short. Why, Why are we passionate as a old whatever about you guys who are most of you sorry there are others in the room bless you but you younger guys I don't want you to make the same mistakes that I made when I was about your kind of age I want you to know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I want you to know that that God loves you so much if you were the only person he would have died on the cross for you I I want you to look in the mirror and smile. I want you to love yourself. I really urge you, love yourself in a really healthy way. And that's what will flow into friendships. 
now look, I recognise I could be doing some guilt trip kind of stuff, even in this moment. If you're someone who struggles with friends, you, I might have just felt like I've added another bit of guilt onto you. Oh yeah, okay, Andrew, what you're telling me is I don't like myself, you know, it's my fault. I hope you would hear the heart that this is not about you struggling This is not about you denying that you have the kind of thoughts that we all have about ourselves. It's not not about trying to pretend and put on a Christian kind of face and and smile. It's about you saying, who am I going to believe? Who am I going to believe? Am I going to believe the creator of the whole universe about who I am? It's not going to stop you wanting to make some changes, perhaps. It's not going to stop you rightly noticing things where you could say, here's an area of my life that I'd love to grow in. You know, it's not kind of just saying that you don't want to notice the things you want to change in your life. But in the core of your identity, in the core of your being, You're you're found in Jesus Christ. His is perfect love. His is mercy and grace. His is forgiveness. And maybe there's a few of us here tonight who need to forgive ourselves. There could be others that we need to forgive. But as we think about this question of friendship and relationship, And thriving as human beings. You see, a guy called Paul, who who then wrote a lot of the second part of our Bibles, he wrote a load of letters to to new Christians, just said this, and and some of you, if you are here the other week when I speak in the morning, you have heard, but just notice this, just three verses from um, Paul's letter to the Christians who were meeting in a, a place called Philippi. So it's the letter to the Philippians. And he he says this, doesn't he? Just notice this little formula out of who he knows he is in Jesus. I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. That's the, the good news of Jesus Christ, living it and sharing it. From the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Just notice the bookends. I thank my God. Thanks, Helen. Do do put it back up. I thank my God. That's where he starts, with thankfulness. Thankful people make great friends. Bitter people Don't make great friends. I thank my God. He was in prison writing this. I thank my God every time. He says, and then he ends, the words have gone off, until the day of Christ Jesus. Irony number 47. Until the day of Christ Jesus. So he's got, if you want to use the long word, even longer than empathy. He's got an eschatological, oh, little, please, eschatological perspective. That means looking to the end of things, and it means living in the light of the end. 
if you knew that you were going to die tomorrow, would that make a difference to what you did tonight? Answer, probably yes. Paul is saying, I, I'm bookending our relationship with two perspectives. The one is being thankful out of my relationship with Jesus, and I'm living then in the light of the end. I'm living in the reality, as we sometimes remind ourselves, don't we, of the now and the not yet of Jesus. So Jesus has been, lived on earth, died on the cross, taken away sin, taken away the barriers, and he's coming back one day. We're in the in-between time. That's why life is messy. That's why rubbish happens. That's why people sometimes let you down. That's why friendship is hard work. But we're living in this reality that Jesus has promised that he will return. Interesting, he repeats it several times in his letter to the Philippians. It's almost like they'd forgotten. They weren't living their lives in this, in this framing. He's not just hanging on, though. He's just uh, living in this. And then we put the words up on the screen again. He says about partnership in the gospel. And, and, and in the words partnership in the gospel, there are two Greek thoughts that are going on. Koinonia, which is partnership. And that's linked then to like-mindedness. So he's saying because we, we have the same basis for our friendship, because we, we know how much God loves us, because we, we know what Jesus has done for us already on the cross, because we're living out of that sense of identity, that naturally flows into wise, practical action. It flows into prayer for each other. Do you notice, I thank my God every time I remember you in all my Prayers. Do you pray for your friends? Do you pray for your friends like Paul prayed for his friends? It naturally flows, doesn't it, into grace and into mercy, into forgiveness. If you know how much you've been forgiven by God, you're going to be a forgiving person to others. And sacrifice, putting the needs of others first. Paul talks in the letter about a mutual giving and receiving that is this characteristic in their friendship. It's not one-sided. It's not overloaded in any kind of way. It's a mutual giving and receiving that comes out of, though, fundamentally the foundation of they know who they are in relation to God through Jesus I love the little thing someone said, a true friend overlooks the broken fence around you and sees the flowers. Do you like that? A good friend overlooks the broken fence and enjoys the flowers in you. Proverbs 27.9, a book in the first part of our Bibles, very full of wisdom, says, A sweet friendship refreshes the soul. A true friend, out of their relationship with Jesus, will sharpen you, will challenge you, will care enough about you to tell you the truth, will be real with you, not fake. A true friend will put you first, not be looking for what they're going to get out of it. All because of who they are in Jesus. 
And Jesus said this, he said, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than you lay down your life for your friends. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Want any friends? Want some better friends? Want to be a good friend? It starts between you and God. And here's the really good news. He does all the heavy lifting. Because he sends his Holy Spirit. When I describe what it means to be a human being, if you were here a few weeks ago, you'll remember that I've left one out, haven't I? I've spoken about the heart. I've spoken about the mind. I've spoken about the soul. But I didn't also say that God puts in us spirit. And spirit is what God puts in us that enables us to connect with him, the Holy Spirit. In this friendship that God invites you into, he does all the heavy lifting. If you're able to, do you want to stand? Especially you two on crutches.